Okay, so as promised, we are here talking to Tara LaRock. She is the, um, she's starting an app called Mindful Mamas. Isn't that right? It's called Mindful Mamas? Yeah, that's right. Um, so Tara, um, you have an interesting perspective on this subject because you are a psychologist and you also suffer from postpartum depression. Um, do you want to tell us a little bit about like your experiences with postpartum depression and how you felt about it and what went on and all that jazz? Absolutely. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. Of um, course. This can be kind of a heavy topic, and so uh, it's so nice to be able to be held in in this space where women just accept your experiences for exactly what they are, and I think your podcast has done an incredible job of that, and I feel, you know, really ready to share my story, so thank you for having uh, me. Thank you. Thanks for sharing your story to help show women that they're not alone in what they go through. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think, um, you know, I've, I've been very vulnerable in what I've in sharing what I've went through. But sometimes you still uh, have a little a little pause when when sharing because you're just not really sure how it's going to be received. But I I'm eager to get this out because because I don't want to live in a world where one in seven women experience postpartum depression, yet only 15% of those women are actually getting the treatment they need to, to help them climb out of the darkness. So this subject is very near and dear to my heart, not yeah. only because I experienced it personally, but because there's so many other women out there that may not know what it is or what it looks like or what to do um if they are if they are struggling yeah so, there's not a lot of resources out there we found and so trying to find resources to put together for people i think is so important it really is and you know i think for me like you said I, i'm a i'm a child family and school psychologist so that's my background and i worked with children and families for many years before shifting into building my wellness company, Mindful Mamas. But mm -hmm. it, was, um, it was there that I, when I was working full time, I got pregnant with my first daughter and I was so excited and just really didn't take a lot of time to prepare for um, what motherhood might look like afterwards. I was so focused on the birth and reading, you know, birth stories and educating myself on birth, which was great and very necessary. But then I, I kind of neglected the part that comes after, like breastfeeding or or yeah. or baby wearing or, you know, how we're gonna have the baby sleep? Are we gonna co-sleep? Are we gonna have them in a bassinet? I mean, there were so many things that were new when I became a mom that it just really caught me by surprise because. I had felt so well-versed in life, so to yeah. speak. Um, I was a professional. I had a career. I, you know, had amazing relationships with my friends. My marriage was great. And so when I became a mom and all of a sudden I felt so inept and just like not prepared for motherhood, it took yeah. a really big toll on my confidence, so to speak. I, I totally find that a lot in my practice too. I find that it's important to prepare for motherhood, but it's also really hard to get across what motherhood's going to be like until you're in it. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's a, 
Stacey, you can talk, you can talk about it, but then experiencing it is, is a different thing. And so for me, um, I, you know, started showing signs of it, some anxiety right away. Um, I would, I remember I was two days postpartum and there was a nurse that came over just to check on, check in on me. And it was, um, unfortunately not a positive experience because I was perseverating on, on getting the swaddle right. I was convinced that if I couldn't get the swaddle right, then something would happen in the middle of the night to my baby and the baby would kick the blanket on, you know, her face. Yes. And she, she anxious looked at me about bad things. Yeah. Happening. Very. Oh yeah. Very anxious. And she just looked at me and she kept saying like, are you sure you're okay? Like, are you okay? And then I felt like, oh my gosh, should I not be worrying about this or should I already know this? And, you know, my mind kind of ramped up and unfortunately it was not a positive experience and I had never wanted somebody out of my house as quickly as I wanted this woman to leave. And it was that experience that kind of kept me quiet, unfortunately. I didn't okay. feel like I could voice my my fears or my um my worried thoughts. And so I kept them to myself. And it wasn't until I went back to work that I really had a hard time differentiating between the trauma of the families I was serving and then my own personal health, so to speak. (laughs) So um, that was a perfect storm for postpartum depression and OCD. I actually was more on the um, anxious side with looping thoughts and, you know, living in that kind of headspace where you didn't want to be alone with your thoughts. I mean, that, that is what triggered the depression for me. So how was that for you being a psychologist? I know you had mentioned to me that that was really difficult for you considering that was your line of work was mental health. Um, The fact that you were struggling with your mental health and it wasn't something that you felt like you can get control of on your own necessarily. Oh yeah. I felt like the biggest fraud. Like I went to school for nine years to do this. And if I can't even like help myself, how in the world am I going to help anyone else? And there was a lot of, um, you know, just distorted thinking. Like I shouldn't, I shouldn't suffer. I should be, you know, equipped to handle this. And, it was very lonely and I wish, I wish I would have started talking about it a lot sooner because I now know that, you know, mothers need mothers and psychologists need psychologists and doctors need doctors. But at that time, I just didn't think that um, that was going to be an option for me. I thought that, you know, I was going to get my license pulled or my baby was going to get taken away from me or um, my husband would leave me because I wasn't able to, to cope. Wow. That's really hard. Yeah, it was. So when was the, like, how long did you suffer without getting help or when did the, the turning point come? What are some of the things that did help you um, t- to get through it? Yeah, you know, it's so everything's kind of blurred, like the timeline's very blurry for me, but it was it was months. I mean, it was months. Um, it was gosh, I don't even like I want to say at least 6 to 9 months. I I didn't say a wow. word to anybody, a really long time. Um, and it 
finally like got to the point where my husband was experiencing compassion fatigue, which if you don't know what compassion fatigue is, it's when you like run out of your, your well of empathy to care for somebody else's feelings and their needs. And, um, he was just really struggling to kind of cope with my moods. And I cried all the time. I was really angry. I'd have these outbursts. Um, and he, he didn't understand what I was going through because, A, I wouldn't talk about it. And then, yeah. B, I mean, he was he was so new to parenthood, too. He was going through kind of his own transition. And so it wasn't until I, I remember very specifically the moment I realized that I needed help or I knew that I needed help, but I was ready to actually ask for it was I took a 10-week intensive mindfulness course for caregivers. And so it was um, a professional development opportunity. And, you know, to tell somebody with OCD that they're going to get to learn to love their mind and um, understand their thoughts and their brain a little bit better, that was very, very scary. Um, But I I knew that mindfulness worked from a therapeutic approach. And so I, I, wanted to give myself the chance to try to learn it and just to see what could happen. And it was through that that it gave me the awareness on how how dark my world was and how much joy I was missing. And it allowed me to kind of peel back those layers of the anxiety and of the shame and of the guilt and of the depression to see that there was a whole nother being inside of there that I had just lost for a while and she was you know really trying to come out and how could I love all parts of me and wake up to the blessing that really was my life I loved my daughter I loved being a mom but then there was this other side that was so gloomy and mindfulness helped me really understand that and see see it for it was. And I really attribute my mindfulness practice to allowing me to have the strength and the awareness to communicate to others how I, how I was feeling. And that was the beginning for me. That was the beginning of healing. Yeah. And that's, I think that's one of the biggest takeaways, not the biggest takeaways other than like, you're not alone with what you're going through, mm-hmm. but when you're in that place that it's hard to have those rational thoughts and um, even just having people know like, we know you love your babies and we know you love your life and like you're going through something that you need to get through and you'll be able to see that on the other side. Oh yeah. I mean, if I could go back and tell that woman that it will be okay and that I, everything that I'm going through or was going through was perfectly all right, but I didn't have to feel that way for for much longer. I, I wish I could, you know, you just yeah. want to go back and hug your past self because yeah. it, it does get better. But unfortunately, you know, like when you're going through a mental health issue, like your brain, your part of your brain is not functioning right. And yeah. just like you wouldn't expect somebody with a broken leg to like walk to the hospital, people don't quite understand why when, when you're suffering with something that's going on um, neuro- neurologically, like you don't always have the skills or the forward thinking ability to access your t- tools, to access help. I mean, there's so many steps involved in even trying to find 
a therapist like that just oh yeah so many so I think you know it's hard in culturally because you can't really see mental health you can't you can't you can see somebody with a broken leg I mean they'll be in a cast be in a wheelchair but somebody suffering from mental health like there's no face to it and it and it presents itself in so many different ways that and then um, I, I I find that cycle of guilt and shame, it's like this bad cycle that it grows and grows and grows upon itself if you don't, like, find a way to stop it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So tell so- me tell me a little bit more about, um, because, again, Tara is um, starting the app Mindful Mamas partially because of what you went through and sponsoring our episode about postpartum depression and anxiety. So tell me a little bit more about your app and how you feel like it can help uh, mama's going through similar um, feelings or situations? Yeah, I, as I started to understand mindfulness and meditation from not only like the therapeutic side, but from the personal side, I just became so obsessed with talk- talking about it. I mean, I got to the point where my friends are like, okay, yeah, I get it. You like meditation. Like you, you're really into mindfulness. Like we, we get it. Can we talk about something else? And there was just this spark about it and this like just immense amount of gratitude that I had for the practice that I wanted to share it with the world. And um, when I wrote, I wrote an article about postpartum depression. It was an open letter to mothers on my personal blog and it got picked up by Huffington Post. And the next morning I woke up to just an inbox of women and husbands and best friends saying like, oh my goodness, this is me or this is somebody in my life that I care about. And I realized that there were a lot of bleeding hearts out there, so to speak. And it just kept, I kept having this idea that there has to be more for moms. There has to be more for families. And how can I teach what I have learned and take the wisdom that came from the wounds that I had and bottle it up into a well of resource and a well of just support that Mm -hmm. moms around the world could have access to. And so that's really where Mindful Mamas came. And cut out some of those, cut out some of those steps that you had to go through the months of suffering without knowing, like having to find all that information yourself. Exactly, exactly. And so Mindful Mamas is a mindfulness and self-care app for moms at any stage. So we don't feel like there's a one-size-fits-all motherhood. And so we've really catered our content for women who are trying to conceive or having fertility struggles or Mm -hmm. just said goodbye to their their kids for college. I mean, if if we can really get at the pain points and the celebration milestones of what is motherhood and grow with you, that's what we're we're most excited about is our app is really meant to wrap around you no matter where you are in your motherhood journey. That's really, I'm so excited for your app to come out. So it's coming out um, March 19th, 2020. Is that right? Yeah, the first day of spring, which is so symbolic to, you know, renewal and refresh and growth. And March 19th, it will be live on the App Store for both Android and Apple. And it's free to download. You get seven days to try it out. And then we have just, um, I mean, I can't wait for you to see it. It's so hard to sometimes even explain. It's 
It's just this virtual sanctuary where we offer, you know, whether you have 30 seconds, 60 seconds, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, like there's something in the app that will help you get little sips of self-care in throughout your day, no matter where you're at. So you don't feel so depleted by the end of the day. That's great. So is there anything else that we missed or anything else that you want to say to have people take away um, from not only your app, but just your experience? Any like closing words? Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I take a, a note from Brene Brown, who's one of my most favorite women in the whole world, but she talks a lot about the guilt and the shame spiral and how being vulnerable is what connects us to each other and can really help mitigate a lot of the sadness and the the shame that we have in our life and so I was thinking about the word vulnerable and vulnerability and when I wrote it out in my journal I noticed that the word able is in vulnerable or ability is in vulnerability and I had this aha moment like when you're vulnerable or when you allow vulnerability to flow out of you, it gives other people the ability to show up for you, to connect with you in ways that you never would have thought imaginable. Oh, and That's a really awesome thought. Yeah. And I, I just like that is like if I can give women one one word to think about when they are hesitant to talk about how they're feeling or you know they have to have a difficult conversation with a coworker or with their with their partner or with their child that if you are vulnerable you take that first step in giving other people the ability to to help you and to help yourself and so i um one thing that i love i love to tell women to do is pick somebody in your phone so just look at your phone and look, you know, who, who, who could I talk to that wouldn't judge me or would just listen or who is that person that I would feel most inclined to talk to and change their name from, you know, like Nikki to vulnerable. And so when you see it in your phone, you, you are more inclined to be like, oh yeah, I, I need to call her. I need to call him. I need to talk about this. And, um, it, it's just another little, you know, reminder that you have in your back pocket that it's okay to feel any way that you are and you aren't alone. I love that. And it's something that we talk about so much is like needing your village. And so I love that idea of picking someone who can be your village because I know people do want to help, um, especially if they know that there is a great need. Absolutely. Yes. Well, I just want to thank you so much for um, interviewing us and for sponsoring our episodes about postpartum depression. We're so excited um, for your app and we're going to be sharing it everywhere as a great resource for moms, um, whether they have postpartum depression and anxiety or not. Yeah, it's yeah, it's, you know, whether your motherhood experience comes with a diagnosis, motherhood is is hard no matter what. But it's also so beautiful and so we want to we want to really be that company that that says you know mom being a mom is is such a life changing event and it's not just one event that happens from pregnancy to birth or adoption to holding the, your baby in your arms it's an event yeah. that has a lot of metamorphosis and so we need to be with you every step of the way. And well, th- it's exciting. 
It, it, is. it really is. So we want to find the beauty uh, in it and support each other through the hard parts. Well, thank you so much, Tara. I really enjoyed getting to talk to you. And um, I'm really excited to check out your app and use your app. Thank you so much. And yeah, if you are an early bird, you can get, um, we're offering pre-orders right now, which is exciting. So you can actually order the app before it's even live on the app store. Sounds good. So we'll be sharing those links and everything on our social media. So check it out. Um, it's my, it's www.mindfulmamas.com, right? Yeah. And mamas is M-A-M-A-S. And okay. it's actually, it's a mindful mamas app. Com. mindfulmamasapp.com okay awesome thank you again Tara and um, we will be talking We hopefully we'll be talking to you again on our podcast another time I would love that have a great day you too bye bye